Welcome to the World Harvest Church podcast channel. We hope you enjoyed this message. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we're going to go back to where we started last week. Praise the Lord. You know, we had started last week on the subject and the direction of love, and I had sensed to go that way, um, and then we, we didn't quite finish, um, but I, I want this, we talked about love should be a flow of our lives. Um, we know this, if you'll go with me to Romans, I want to look at this real quick, go to Romans because I, I know for many of us, we can, we can quote or be aware of what love should look like, what it does look like, and whether we look like it or not, <laughs> uh, only you'll be able to answer that for yourself. Uh, and only you'll be able to know that for yourself. Uh, and I tell our, our Bible school students, who you really are is not who you are here. It's who you are when you're not here. <laughs> so um, we can look at Romans chapter 13. And we didn't read this last week. But it says in verse 8, Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, if there be any other commandment. It is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly, as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and in wantonness, and not, not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Um, we had looked at the passages. I want to start there because it lists part of the law and the rules and the list of the law. But then it goes in and says, but everything is covered that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Go with me if you would to, uh, let's go to back to Jeremiah, because I, I don't want to rush through what we're, we're looking at here. And I, I also, I know this is not, um, I'm, I'm just been feeding and meditating even for myself. And I, I know this isn't some big, exciting, thrilling, um, you know, shouting revelation, but even a flashlight will work in the dark. You know what I mean? So <laughs> a flat, little flat, little light will get the job done. 
So uh, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little things that really uh, can destroy the bigger things that God is trying to work in us. Um, it's often not something significant, and we're, we'll, we'll get to that this morning. But look here in Jeremiah chapter 31. In verse 33, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, say, Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts. So they're gonna go from having to follow rules out here to something being put on the inside of them. What was that? It was love. It was love. It wasn't just um, healing. It wasn't just to be made rich. It wasn't just um, to have everything taken care of. It wasn't just life or light or uh, to have that weight lifted off. You know what lifted the weight of sin off of you is love. Love can lift anyone in any circumstance. Uh, when we become and we decide we're going to not just have, be people of faith, we're going to be people of love, it's not just faith that lifts and changes and moves things around you. Nothing will move something uh, and move a circumstance and move someone towards God like love will. Amen? Um, so he said, I'm gonna put something in you. You've lived with everything on the outside telling you what to do, where not to go. Don't go in here, don't go in there. Don't do this, put this over, you know, wear this. Don't put this on your head, put this on your head. I mean, they had a lot more than even just what was on those two tablets. There was a lot of things they had to live by in order to even count themselves in you know, qualification for God's blessing. And God is saying, I'm gonna wrap it up, I'm gonna wrap that blessing up into one thing, that you love your neighbor. You love me and you love your neighbor. But how can something so simple uh, get to be so complex? <laughs> uh, and reach into sometimes it seems every moment of our life. Am I right? I mean every moment. You, you can't escape there's nowhere you can go. You can go and, and lock yourself in a closet and an unlovely thought's gonna show up. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I start thinking about what someone said, somebody did, somebody, something that didn't go right. And it could be about someone else. It could be about yourself. Amen? Unloving thoughts and, and well, we haven't gotten rid of this yet, have we? Talking about the flesh. <laughs> we haven't gotten rid of this. We haven't done away with it. We haven't, it, it never goes silent. <laughs> the flesh never goes silent. It's just our spirit needs to be louder. Amen. If you're looking for, for your flesh to quiet down, it doesn't usually happen that way. It's that we strengthen and, and make the voice of our spirit man louder and more dominant and we, we turn to it quicker and we pay attention to it a little bit more and we spend time in the spirit more so that this flesh, it doesn't get quieter, but it, its impact and its voice seems softer. You know what I'm saying? It's not screaming at you quite the same way. It's still screaming, but the door's shut, right? 
You can be in a household and the TV, you know, it's, it's Sunday and football's going, the TV's blaring, and what do you do? You go to the next room and you close the door. Did the TV get any quieter? No, you've just closed the door and you're paying a little more attention to doing something else. This is what walking in the spirit is. You're not trying to uh, uh, take of the flesh. You're, you're always gonna have it. You're always gonna have, it's always gonna be there. But you can close the door to the attention that you give to it. Amen. And how loud you let that, that voice be in your life. So anything that's unlovely, all that's unlovely, none of, nothing that God has nothing unlovely in him. But because we still have a flesh and an unrenewed mind, there is unlovely thoughts and unlovely feelings that we can be faced with. He said, I'm gonna put, I will put my law in their inward parts. Well, if our law is to love, that means love is in you. Say, love is in me. Love is in me. Say, love is in me. Sometimes we need to get up every day and say, love is in me. Love is in me. Love is, you know, remind yourself what's actually in there. Now, what we tell our, we remind ourselves and we tell children when, when they get born again, Jesus is in you. How far into adulthood do we get and we drift from that very basic concept? Jesus, what is he? He is love. He is in me. Jesus is in me. So there is no one that is more unlovely that he is not big enough to help me to see the way he sees. Amen. Um, it says he put, he's going to put his law in us. So if the law is love, then law is in us, in us. And write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will get, forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. So love, if he's gonna put his law in us, then love is what makes us all equal. You see that? He said from the least to the greatest, then what makes us all equal? It's love. Uh, it's not then what we have, what we don't have, where we live. Love makes us all equal to God because he's put that same law within all of us and he said there's gonna be no differentiating between my people because they're all gonna have that part of me, that love in me. Now, go back to Romans. Go back to Romans where we were. Romans chapter 13. We, last week, um, I had shared a story, a testimony, of course, of my life, because I can't share your, your stories. I don't know where you missed it. Aren't you so blessed? <laughs> but uh, that's, I guess, part of the job. You get to know where I missed it. <laughs> um, and I think that it's so... It's nice that uh, we've been given that example to always be 
up front and just say, hey, if you'll, this is what Paul did. This is what they recognize. Uh, uh, don't, don't do this. Don't go this way. Don't think that. Um, and so you saw by the example last week, if you weren't here, I gave this example for our lives of how there was a time that there wasn't anything my husband and I were particularly disagreeing on or fighting over, but you could sense that strife trying to come in and divide because we were making, there was progress and a transition needing to be made in our lives. And the way I have said it, and I told the, the students this, he can't, he couldn't turn us away from the plan of God. He wasn't gonna turn us from God so what did he have to do? He had to turn us to one, against one another, right? This is oftentimes how he tries to work in our lives when we're on the verge, you know, when we're transitioning into the next thing he has for us or there's increase coming. He can see, as Pastor Nancy's taught us, he can see the movement of God around your life. He sees that movement. He sees the blessing that's moving and the things that are moving to you. So what does he have to do? If he can't stop what your faith is endeavoring to lay hold of, he has to stop your faith. But see, he's not gonna stop necessarily your faith directly. Once you've locked in and you're believing, he, and you start moving past the opposition, what does he wanna do? He wants to stop the very thing that's gonna, the only thing that can really hinder that faith. And what is that? The love walk. Faith works by love. How can I hinder their faith? And how can I stop that thing that I see moving in their direction? I'll get them out of love. Yeah. I'll start stirring up strife. If you're not sober and we're not aware of how the enemy works, he will work undetected and we will become ineffective. We've not just, and I'm not saying that we're devil conscious and we're afraid of him, but we need to be more skillful than him. He's not outsmarting me. He's not outworking me. Says neither give place to the devil. Then I need to know what gives place to him and shut that down, right? Um, so for us, it wasn't any one thing in particular. We were very busy. There was a lot going on and there was just a lack of loving communication, period. And so, and we, we had kind of recognized it, you know, there, it was Christmas time and then there was so much happening, so much transition. And before we knew it, our son, our middle son has a fever, a very high fever, gets taken to the hospital. We were at, at Brother Copen's minister's conference, never been there. You know, you're nervous. You don't know anybody. You just, you know, you feel like everybody is, uh, we had all kind of talked, you feel like everybody, because everybody knew dad had just gone home. So you feel like everybody's looking at you. You know, like looking to see what your response, of course we were fine, but you still, you just want to kind of, go sit in the back and crawl in a hole and, you know, just, I've just come to receive, just, but all that, you know, you take all that kind of pressure and then you, and you start, can turn and put that pressure on each other. You have to be mindful where we, we have to pay attention to, uh, is there pressure coming on it? Is the devil putting pressure on us and we're taking and diverting that pressure, not putting it on the word, but we're putting it on somebody else. Yeah. Can I say something to you married couples, to, to those of you that uh, have a spouse? Be aware of the tactic of fear and fear coming to you and you turn and you put that fear on your spouse. Yeah. 
It can be directly or indirectly. Where fear of not enough money, not enough, where are you going to get the money? And before you know it, you're coming up and being very short with your spouse and putting pressure on them or saying things. And you maybe not be saying directly, well, where are we going to get the money? But because that thought is dogging you, you're trying to control what they do because fear is trying to control you. Been there. Been there. You don't have to raise your hand if you haven't, or you know if you have. Remember, I'm the one testifying. You're not. We'll let you sit there. Perfect. I've been there. Pressure, you know, pressure of what are we going to do with the kids? What are we going to do about this? And before I know, because I've, I'm not discussing that, because faith people don't talk about those things. My husband's had to correct me in that before. He said, why don't you come and talk to me about the things, you know, we're, we're, cause I'm going, well, you got your own things you're dealing with. I'm not trying to dump my things on you. <laughs> and right hearted, good hearted. I'm not trying to dump my, uh, my challenges, my opposition. Here you go. You got yours. Take mine too. Uh, but in being one, you have to, we have to make sure that we're not taking that pressure and that bombardment of fear or anxiety or what's coming to us, that we're diverting that pressure back to the word and not to someone in our lives that we expect to help take that pressure off. That's not love. That's not love. Because they're not your savior. Amen? Um, and that's where a lot of times strife can get in to relationship because there, that's what happened with us. We were faced with a great transition. Uh, there was increase, there was right decisions were being made. We were following the plan of God. So if he can't get us off of following the plan of God, he's going to try to get us off of flowing in, in, in that love towards one another. Where, what door or window are we going to leave open to him? So we recognized that uh, we were away, had Miss um, Mary, she had taken him to the hospital, taken him, remember I'd said he'd gone to Pastor Noel, Pastor Noel laid hands on him. I knew that I knew that that power had gone into him. I didn't struggle. Receiving healing for the kids was always something very quick, very easy. It was not a difficulty for me to lay hold of that and know that that anointing's working in their body. Well, it went down for a time and then it came back up again. So she had to take him to the hospital, took him to the emergency room. It was that high. And I remember my husband and I, we got together and we said, we, we need to get some things right and start making some changes because we knew immediately, almost immediately, this thing needs to be dealt with and it's not, gonna, it's not our faith that's the issue. Examine, learn to examine yourself. Is faith really the issue? Is there something else out there? When he says we have to fulfill the law, it's not a checklist. Are we flowing in his law of love? Is that flow stopped? Remember we talked about how flow of love propels what we're, our faith that we are releasing? You release that faith, and if there's no flow of love, it can fall flat. My God, he supplies all my needs. And you, and you know, you, you meditate on the word. And what happens is if we're not walking in love, love takes those words of faith and that flow of love sends them out to accomplish the job. 
That's how we see it. That's how we, we imagine why, because faith works by love. How does it work? How does it work? Love carries those words and those actions of faith to accomplish what we send them to do. That's love's job is to propel and carry our words and our actions of faith. So what happened was, is my words and my actions of faith, I believed what God said. I believed that he was healed and I acted on that word and I thank God for that power. But why wasn't it working? There was no love to carry that and accomplish it. So what we got things right and within moments, they couldn't explain it. They didn't know what was wrong with him. Of course I knew what was wrong with him. It's not you, it's me. <laughs> all that gets taken care of. All that fever goes away. He goes home totally normal. Not one symptom, not one sign. You know, no special medication other than love. <laughs> and then we get the bill for $5,000. <laughs> and you know, all the money came in for that. I remember God worked supernaturally and brought the money in to pay for that because we had to, we, we were moving into a rental house. You know, you have to have the first and last month's rent. You got to have all this stuff going on. And, uh, it, we had just passed Christmas. There wasn't 5,000 extra sitting around saying, use me. <laughs> so now our faith had something else, but because we're walking in love, now we're in agreement. Amen. Well, we went through all of that, but I want us to look at something that that um, goes along with this. Look at Romans chapter 13, verse 14. And this just really this morning, I mean, I, I had actually been, was gonna go a different direction. And the spirit of God brought me to this this morning. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, I like this, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. The Amplified reads, but clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and make no provision for indulging the flesh. Put a stop to thinking about the evil cravings of your physical nature to gratify its desires and, and lusts. Um, Make no provision. How about we, we put that in the context of make no provision for the flesh. How about make no provision to step out of love? Make no provision. What is provision? When you have, well, we know the, the definition when we have uh, provisions uh, for, uh, we're packing up, we're gonna go on a trip, Right? We have provisions. Maybe we don't wanna stop and eat lunch somewhere, so we, we pack sandwiches or we pack uh, items to have snacks and all these things to have with us so that we don't have to make so many stops and we can get where we need to go faster, right? Uh, those of you who like to camp, you know what provisions are and you know when you don't have those provisions. <laughs> uh, so you make provisions for dinner. Moms, ladies, uh, those that cook for yourself. You know when you don't have proper provisions in your house, so you have to go out and find, you either have to go get the provisions before dinner time, during dinner time, or you just gotta go let somebody else's provisions take care of you because you didn't plan. This says make no provision for the lusts of the flesh. 
And the lust or the desires of the flesh and the one we're focusing on is stepping out of love. What love might, what a flesh might look like void of the love of God. What does your flesh like look like void of the love of God? <laughs> I'm serious. Ask yourself, what, what does my flesh look like void of the love of God? Am I impatient? Um, am, is anger quick? Um, is there a rudeness about me, a pushiness? Uh, it's going to be different for each of us. Like if we had a sign right above our head <laughs> and it popped up and we could see what we were all thinking, right? Some, I mean, for me, I don't know about you. I mean, I may have a list. There might be a list there. It's not one thing. Most of you are going, yeah. <laughs> There's a list there of things that if, we, uh, if we're making accommodations, it says here, uh, make no provision for indulging the flesh. Um, when we look at the commandments, why, why would somebody commit in a, a marriage, something that's not loving is would be adultery. Why would somebody do that? Why would somebody, when husbands and wives, when we're one flesh, why would somebody lash out or get angry or short with their spouse when they're supposed to be one? Yeah. It's like talking to yourself that way. Why? Why? Because the provision started in the thought life. Why would somebody commit adultery against their spouse? Because they made provisions long before the action. Provisions, make no provisions for the flesh. Provision starts right here, right here. We're gathering up thoughts against someone. We're gathering up thoughts in a particular direction. This is why somebody uh, who maybe does truly love the person they're with hurts them because they've gathered up thoughts. There's love towards the person, but they've made provisions for their flesh. So when we look at this and we said, make no provision towards the flesh, what thoughts are you having that allow your flesh to be behave and respond? This is why we talk harsh. We talk harsh to somebody. There, no one, oh, I don't think I should say that. Um, <laughs> uh, there, there is no place to glorify. I, I don't, you know, let me, let me throw Pastor Nancy in on this. How about we do? I always feel better if I do that. <laughs> let me, let's explain this. I love when she talks about what real boldness looks like. I love that. Boldness isn't rude. Rudeness, right? Not how you say that. Boldness isn't rudeness. And people will cover I'm just bold. I, I'm just a real strong personality. I'm just, you know, this is the way our, our family, we just, and, and then they'll say, but I'm, I'm bold. And I've seen, I, I've seen it with 
ministers, young, young ministers, those who maybe are, they are bold in the pulpit, but they've excused. And right, don't blame the office, she said. And in their private life, they, I, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it. But they were so, uh, thought it was funny or acceptable to be rude and, and to act unbecomingly. But they're, they've got a bold personality. I've seen it. I've seen it. No, I'm not talking about anybody that is here. I'm not talking about And I was so discouraged by that because they have great, in, there's great influence there. And I thought this is showing even a younger generation that it's acceptable. You can be full of God, full of the Holy Ghost, but can you really, if you're screaming and hollering and yelling out your car window at everybody? I, 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 I can't, you know what I mean? I don't, so that's why I say I bring Pastor Nancy. I love the way she talks about that, that you can't cover what you think is a strength and cover a weakness with a strength. Does that make sense? But we make those, listen, we make those provisions for ourselves. We make those, well, I'm just a get it done kind of person. That's a provision you are making for your flesh and a way of thinking that you're allowing your flesh because you're a get it done kind of person to try to force everyone into your get it done kind of flow. You're making provision, right? Well, let's take it to the other side, okay? For us, everybody, for the rest of us people. <laughs> and I'll tell on myself again. I was frustrating my husband, because I was not the same get it done kind of person. And love, what wasn't, what didn't look like, or when I was not walking in love, maybe to others would have looked like I'm, I'm being loving and I'm being, you know, kind and I'm being patient. And really, I was just being selfish. Oh. Yeah. Because we didn't look like and sound like and act like the person over here that's real, you know, aggressive and in your face and get it done and, and all that. And they're just so loud and overwhelming. But I'm over here and I'm, I'm sweet. I'm very easy, easy to, to get along with and just, you know, but I was being selfish because I was causing him and giving him something to stumble over, right? I was making provisions and excuses for myself because my bad behavior didn't look like what others would call bad behavior. Well, right, that's exactly, well, well. The Bible talks about we can't do things that cause other people And so I wasn't coming up and helping and being the helpmate to him. And it didn't look unlovely, but it was really from a selfish place because I wasn't willing to sacrifice my personality or the way, you know, well, this is how I am. Well, how I am is not gonna cut it (laughs) 
with where we need to be. Does that help? So this is how we see we're not, I'm not going to force for love's sake. You just need to be kind and be loving to me. Well, I'm being selfish and not being a help. I'm not changing. Love is always, when we're in God's flow of love uh, and we're, we're, we're flowing with him, yes, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but we are not. So we have to change to become Right? We're, he's not going from glory to glory. We are. We are. He doesn't need renewing day by day. We do. He's made provisions for us for, within, his, within his kingdom. We don't need to be making provisions for our flesh and our, to be coddled, to be petted, to be a stumbling block and tell somebody, well, you just need to walk in love with me. You're just not being kind. Anyway. Anyway. All right. Um, we had a Christmas concert tonight. <laughs> so... If, you, if, if this is too heavy, remember, just shine a little flashlight. Just get a little flashlight in there. See some things. Praise the Lord. Um, what about this? What about this? Peter, he, Jesus tells him, Peter, before the clock goes off, you're gonna deny me, right? You're gonna... And Peter, I'm sure, was like, me? I mean, can you imagine sitting there in front of everybody, you know, everybody, and they're like, oh my God, did you hear what he said? And of course, I'd be thinking to myself, everything this man has said has come to pass, you know? Everything that he says, the miracle happens. And Peter has to hear in front of everybody, you're gonna deny me. How, how do you take that in? Uh, so what does Peter do? <laughs> My husband has a saying, deny it till the end. He just deny it till the He said that was his childhood motto, deny it till the end. <laughs> But notice what happens when, because he's now, he, he knows that's, that's sitting with him. Jesus said, Peter. Now, that wasn't saying that Peter didn't um, love Jesus. Peter didn't care. But there was going to come a point in time where Peter was going to make, have to make a decision. And it was going to be based off pressure coming. And he said, you're going to deny me. He said, oh, no, 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 no. There's no way. But everybody else is thinking, well, he hasn't been wrong yet. So <laughs> I feel like nobody, did you know, I think Peter was like by himself, nobody else. They kind of like left Peter. I probably would have too. But I don't want to get caught up in that. But here's Peter. And you know what I'm saying? He's the only one sitting around this table. Judas left. And Peter's the only one that got a bad word. 
<laughs> so Peter denies it. But then what happens is they come to take Jesus from the garden. And Peter is the one that lashes out at just a soldier. What was he doing? His job. His job. He's just doing his job. Actually, he was doing what the plan of God called for all along. He didn't realize that. But he's just a soldier, and he, Peter takes that sword, and he cuts his ear off. Why? Because when God's dealing with us and correcting us and showing us things in our lives that need to be dealt with, what we often, the flesh wants to do is divert attention to somebody else's bad behavior, somebody else's misses. And I think this is why, yes, we know Peter was very passionate. Peter was the first to act, but I know this. I think Peter had been struggling within himself with what Jesus has said to him. And so he saw this opportunity. Well, I'm not gonna be the bad person. I'm gonna let everybody know. Don't you dare take, you know, my miss is based off what's going on right here. So he's trying to stop what Jesus already said was gonna come to pass. Instead of dealing with himself, and dealing with what was going to happen, dealing with that fear, addressing the fear he was, he was going to be facing. So what did he do? He started to, he took that sword, cut off and starts directing attention to somebody that he, this person's in the wrong. I'm not going to be in the wrong. They're in the wrong. They're the one taking Jesus. This isn't right. We have to be careful and be mindful when God is dealing with things, pointing things out in our lives that we're not turning the attention because we know it. He's dealt with us. We can hear his voice. We can sense the correction and we're going to divert that attention to, but God, what about so-and-so? Look at what they said. Look at what they're doing. And we go to cut the ear off of somebody else that we think is in a far worse position and doing far worse than we would do. How many times have we done that? You know, those but God moments. And it's not the but God faith moments. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, the devil was after me, but God. No, this was like a pleading. But God, don't you see? <laughs> That what they said and what they did was way worse. That, I mean, and, and again, husbands and wives, we can even do this. Children do this all the time, right? Get in trouble. But didn't you see what Bear and Nanny Cake, you know, Bear go, didn't you see what, this is what, what kids do. They, they divert that correction onto someone else or to someone else close by wanting us to minimize their correction and really maximize on, on what somebody else did. Don't minimize what God is trying to bring light and magnify in your life to be corrected. Does that make sense? Don't... Hmm, you know what I mean? Uh, I hear you, but I'm not listening. <laughs> 
I sense that correction, but I'm not ready to deal with that yet. What about this over here? And again, spouses, we can be the quickest to do this. God begins to deal with us, and, and he's wanting us to go from glory to glory. He's trying to bring us up. He is trying to uh, help the blessing to flow a little bit smoother in our lives. And what do we do? He begins to deal with ways of thinking and correcting us. And you're not walking in love in this capacity. And you're not talking right. And you're not thinking right. And then all of a sudden we're like, okay, well, if I'm not doing that, what about them? When are you going to talk to them? Or we do, like Peter, chop off the ear and we say, you know what? God's been dealing with me and correcting me on this. And I think you need to... You would really help me in my love walk if you wouldn't do. (laughs) You know, our faith could work a lot better if you wouldn't. (laughs) Guy said, this is no great, huge revelation. But I do know Dad Hagen's book says, Love the Way to Victory. So that, that tells me Victory is, my victory is connected to these small things. Amen? What seem like small things that that every day uh, we're going to have to deal with. Um, It says, the Bible talks about, and we won't take time to go there. It says, neither give place to the devil. How about instead of focusing too on neither give place to the devil, we focus on this passage here in Romans 13, 14, that we neither give place to the devil and we make no provision for the flesh. No one makes plans for the devil, but we will certainly accommodate our flesh. I'm gonna read that again. No one makes plans for the devil but we can certainly accommodate and make plans for our flesh. Oftentimes, we're very good to neither give place for the devil, but we're gonna make provisions. What are provisions? Wrong thoughts that we allow to live and to be turned over and that we, listen, we're feeding on wrong thoughts against somebody, towards somebody. You know, if they... Uh, If they didn't act this way, if they didn't say that, if they didn't talk like this, if they didn't treat me like this, if they didn't react that way, if they didn't, you know, there's so many wrong, that's a wrong thought because my God would be absolutely done with all of us if he thought like that. God would be done with every single one of us if he was waiting on us. My gosh, if they didn't talk like that, if they didn't act like that, if they didn't say that, if they didn't do that, God does not operate that way. And if he said, I'm going to put my flesh, I'm going to put me in you, then we are fully capable of not operating that way either. So we have to stop making provision and accommodations to our flesh by the way we think. It simply goes back. Remember last week I talked about, you can pray in the spirit. That will, that will help mortify the deeds of the flesh. That will strengthen this person on the inside. But I tell you what, if you don't renew your mind, you can be praying in the Holy Ghost and your mind going 90 miles an hour about how somebody said something, how somebody did something. And you're like, oh, but I'm praying in the spirit. I'm going to uh, strengthen my spirit, man. But you're making provisions all along the way by wrong thoughts. 
In order for this on the inside, that flow on the inside to come out, it's dictated by the door of the mind. Your mind's gonna have to, you're gonna have to, we'll have to take our minds, renew our minds, so that when the flesh wants to say the wrong thing, the mind agrees with the spirit and not makes accommodations to allow, well, they said that, so I had to respond with this. I had to defend myself. (laughs) I had to, uh, that takes us down a whole nother road. Because Peter felt justified in what he was doing. Did he not? Justice for Jesus. <laughs> Justice for Jesus with that sword. And all along he knows his moment's coming. What Jesus told him, dealt with him on. Justice for Jesus. God doesn't need anybody to be out there. No Christians out there fighting and fussing for justice, right? He needs love. He needs people showing. There's enough people out there fussing and fighting. He needs people of love. That we're not making accommodations for our flesh. We're not making provision, uh, a way for our flesh to have its way but we're making provisions for our spirit man to get full expression. Amen? Amen. Well, we'll close with that because if we go any further, I don't want to move too fast so that it gives us time, right, to kind of deal with things and mull things over and meditate on things. Amen? I'm not normal. I mean, I'm not normal. Wait, wait, where's a microphone? Because this lady sings my favorite song that whatever I think about love, I'm not gonna sing it. But you sing that song and I hear it playing in my head over and over and over again when I'm, I'm struggling. Do you have that? Praise the Lord. I didn't even ask. The Lord provides. <laughs> Do you, are you playing it, Tony? Okay, this was like pastoring 101 amazing today. Come on, somebody. Wow. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Do you have that track? Okay, so this song came. Morgan, uh, Brother Hagen taught every Friday in those Holy Ghost Crusades, every single Friday. He teach faith Monday through Friday, every morning, flow, teach faith at night. And then Friday morning, you can count on it. We're going to hear what hinders your faith. Jesus said, how many know there's other things that hinder your faith? Mm -hmm. Not hearing, you know, Uh there's things that will hinder your faith. But Jesus in Mark 11, 23, 24, 25, 26, right there, Jesus said this, there's one thing. There's one thing that you need to know that's going to above everything else. I love what you said, the flow, Mm -hmm. the flow. It's going to hinder your faith, that flow of love. And so Bruce and I were at this church and uh, we had done some meetings. And uh, when we got done, you know, through through the whole meetings, there were some big dog pastors preachers there, you know, you big dog, roof, you know, and, and we were, the, we were the puppies. You know, so, so, you know, when, when we got done, 
you just went like, you know, from, from kind of the way you were treated all the way to the offering, which really hurt. You know, you're like going, ow, on the way out, you know, <laughs> ow, ow, you know. So um, how many know you can't get offended? No. How many know we don't trust in chariots? We don't trust in horses. We no. trust in the name yes. of the Lord our God. We don't trust men. We don't trust our job. We don't trust that. We trust right. Jesus. Amen. I got such a revelation this morning. I was listening to Brother Keith Moore, their service this morning as I was getting ready for church, and I was listening, and all of a sudden, I got to realize, I got a revelation, and I said, God, forgive me, because I'm not going to put pressure on any church for partners, you know, or for any money. I'm trusting you. I trust you, and you'll do it. Yeah. You'll bring it in. There's no uh, pressure we have to put on our spouse. No pressure we have to put on people. That's right. You change yeah. so that I'm better. Yes, yes. Arr, yeah, arr. that's good. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Brother Hagen, teaching on that, um, he, uh, I went down the road. I was crying, going down the road, just crying. You know, Bruce is driving, I'm crying, you know, and I'm looking out the window and all of a sudden, all those, those mornings begin to come up oh. on the inside of me, you know, what are you going to trust in? What are you going to act on? What are you going to flow in right here? What provision, yeah. pastor, yeah. are we going to make for the flesh? Yeah. Are we going to make a flow? Mm -hmm. I'm going to make a flow. Amen. I'm going to tap into that flow, that new nature on the mm -hmm. inside because it's in there. I'm gonna, mm -hmm. th it's not that we got to come up with it. It's there. It's there. We've got to yield it's to there. it. Oh, hallelujah. That is so Praise good. Praise God. Praise God. <gasps> That's it. We like them. So this is how this song came right there in the car. But love is the, it's the key. key. Faith 
and say love never fails. Come on, I'm walking in love. That love of God dominates my life. Oh, thank you, Lord. Can you turn that up just to hear? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now listen. <laughs> God's love in me, it's patient. It's gentle and it's kind. It's not envious or boastful, never swells with foolish pride, does not exalt the faults of a brother or demand its own rights. It's not touchy or resentful, and it's glad when truth shines with Oh, love puts me over, and love never fails in every situation. The love of God will prevail. Faith will move my mountains, but love is the key. in my heart all the time. You know, when you feel that flesh being wanting to rise up and you make provisions, always remembering that nothing can be accomplished without love. Nothing of value, nothing of great value, nothing that's lasting will ever uh, come from a life that doesn't have love. The, the, the lasting effects of our lives and the testimony that we carry, it'll all flow from our love for one another first. And pastor teaches a great message. The love first comes to the brethren, 
right? So we never should act more loving towards those that are out there and unsaved than we do with one another. This is our first place of love, right here, with the person next to you. Turn them, look at them, look behind you. They should be your first recipient of your love, amen? Thank you for interjecting. What, What did you say, I'm not new? I'm not normal. She said, but she was trying to say, I'm not normal around here. (laughs) Well, tonight you got to hear, she's gonna be doing again the Christmas concert. Everybody's welcome. We, We explained, we needed to do a little early so that we can get things filmed for what we're gonna just helping her with for the album. You can't do it at Christmas, you gotta do it before Christmas, so before the Christmas season. So that's why we're doing a little bit early, but most of us here don't complain about that because we love it. Stand with me to your feet and your loving selves this morning. Turn to somebody before you dismiss and say, love never fails and I won't fail. Thank you for joining us. To learn more about World Harvest Church, please visit our website at defrainministries.org.